your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, January 20th. I'm Terry Aranga with my guests from the Training, Education, and Research Institute, also known as Terry, Terry's founder and CEO, Cheryl Kilmer, and Terry's Director of Education and Research, Dr. Christy Dizonia. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Christy, what is Terry? is a uh, private nonprofit California corporation and we serve children and adults with developmental disabilities uh, as well as learning disabilities. We have a whole range of services really that encompass the entire lifespan. Cheryl, why did you start, Terry? And please describe the needs out there. Well, we actually formed the corporation in 1980 and um, Christy was with me at that time in response to what we viewed as a pressing need in our society for an entity that could establish quality of life standards that were much higher for the population that we serve than existed at that time. Please tell us a little more about the population served, including their age ranges and diagnoses. Well, here at Terry, we serve all ages throughout the lifespan, as Christy referenced. And we also we serve all developmental disabilities, and in recent years also expanded our programs to include the services to people with learning disabilities, autism, you know, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, um, every developmental disability. And Terry was also cited as a model program in the state of California. So could you please share the details about this honor with our listeners? Well, we actually launched our first programs um, in conjunction with uh, or with the support of a grant from the state of California. So we were one of 13 agencies in California selected to be part of a pilot project that was directed at establishing residential programs to serve individuals who um, had been placed in state hospitals. So it was an effort to um, bring people back out of the state hospitals and allow them to return to their home community and, and reside there. Um, it, it, as part of that process, uh, as soon as we opened our first two homes, we were recognized as a state of California by the state of California as a model program they, uh, for the quality standards that we applied to our services. They began by purchasing all of our written materials because we were a pilot. Everything had to all the regulations and policies and procedures and training manuals had to be written anew. And uh, they actually purchased all of our materials and proceeded to distribute them statewide to all of the 21 regional centers that are responsible for placement of individuals with developmental disabilities and um, so that they would be available to other agencies wishing to develop the same type of program, which is a health-licensed model funded by Medi-Cal. They uh, also um, needed to train hundreds of licensing and certification personnel, and so they decided that it would be um, 
a good idea to incorporate into those individuals' training some experience in our homes. So they proceeded to incorporate a day of, of those, all those people training to license and certify the, uh, these new programs throughout the state to come to one of our homes and observe how we delivered our programs so they could carry those standards out into, you know, statewide as those people went out and learned to license and certify programs. And then they also, as part of that whole effort, um, contracted with us, and for years and years, probably at least 15 years, we traveled the state annually. So the state-sponsored um, seminars um, at various locations up and down throughout California, and annually we would travel and be the speakers and do a two-day presentation presenting our entire model from the budgets to the program design to the staff training modules, um, and again, did that for many, many years. So we made some early inroads into being cited as a model and being able to have some true impact out there as far as quality standards uh, in our industry. Wow, well, it sounds like an excellent and well-coordinated effort and quite a compliment. And um, what is your employee selection and training process? What is the Terry philosophy and the philosophy that you instill in those working with individuals with challenges? Well, the, the philosophy on, on every level at Terry all goes back to the idea of leading a life of quality across the lifespan. And when it comes to we believe that our employees are our greatest resource. So when it comes to employee selection and training, we um, have, you know, we're, we're screening for, for an attitude, for a certain way of thinking. And then after that, we provide high levels of training and support. The training is really ongoing here at Terry, particularly uh, relative to working with children and adults who have behavioral challenges. But our, we came up with some guiding principles for everyone at the agency, both our staff and our children and adults that we serve. And they include focusing on strengths, the importance of relationships, treating each other with respect and dignity, having honest communication, celebrating diversity, having a positive outlook, the fact that choice is essential, the importance of uh, fitness, of personal fitness, and also being sure that we're having fun as we go along. So we have extensive staff training programs in, uh, you know, across many different areas. But those standards that I just read off to you, those hold true for everyone who's involved with the agency. That's really good to know, and I bet it uh, must comfort families who, uh, whose loved ones uh, are in a Terry residence or take part in Terry programs. I think the idea of, of the importance of relationship extends as I said, across the agency, including families. And, and I really think when it comes down to the bottom line, it's that relationship that eases the family mind and makes the family um, comfortable and supportive. Well, we'll be talking about residential services in depth in a bit. And I know that um, you've been referring a lot to services that you provide that cover the lifespan. So now let's briefly touch upon programs and services that Terry offers. And um, are these programs open to individuals who live in Terry residences, the community at large, or both? They're open to both. And so we have a wide array of services um, to cover them briefly that include, of course, our homes that are throughout the San Diego community. And um, <clears throat> we have non-public schools that offer um, 
are an alternative to the public school system that serve, again, students from all over San Diego County and sometimes uh, Riverside County as well and Orange County bus kids to our specialized schools. Um, we have a school for students who have learning disabilities. We've created um, day camps, recreational camps um, for the school breaks in summers when the kids don't have school. We have a Center for the Arts and Adult Education that is a program for our adults that uh, extends all the way into vocational training, arts, music programs. Um, <clears throat> we have a, a, a brand new program that we call Cal Choices for Adult Learning that we just established, which offers a, a two staff for every three adults support system that's allowed um, some of our adults that have um, significant behavioral challenges to be more successful in the community. We have a therapeutic equestrian program um, that's been in operation for over 20 years. Of course, we're in our 29th year of business, so retirement programs. We, we really, once we bring someone here to receive service at Terry, we, uh, we're there for them throughout the lifespan if that's what they need. And we have created our programs over the years in response to needs that we see. So we, you know, we started with four homes for six individuals each in a small center for the arts or an adult training program at that time. And over the years, we've expanded our services to serve over 600 individuals and families at any given time. Um, and so the, the array of services has expanded accordingly. As we see a new need, we develop the program and do everything we can to support our families so that they know that their son or daughter is secure and well-served and experiencing the highest quality of life possible for them. You know, I've had the opportunity to visit many websites, but when I was navigating your website and I would go page by page, I would just be uh, impressed, and they do this, and they do this, and they do this. I was just really pretty impressed. Thank you. Well, you have also developed programs for adults with comorbidities of mental retardation, deafness, and blindness. Right. You know, as Cheryl said, the, as we've gone along over the last 28 years, the programs that we've developed have really been in response to needs um, that have arisen from the community. People calling us and saying, you know, here's, here's what my child or my adult is like, and do you have anything that you could do to, to serve them? And so oftentimes we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants, particularly with uh, the population of adults that we serve who have significant cognitive disabilities as well as deafness and blindness. And we do a, a lot of research related to that. We've had, uh, in that case, for example, we had the Helen Keller Foundation come out um, and do some training and in-servicing with our staff. We put together a sensory-based training program for them. Um, so, so they're just kind of a good example of how when there's a, a need that presents itself, we, we want to try to meet that need for the communities and, uh, and for the families. So that's sort of how our, our uh, services became so broad was we'd get a phone call and we'd go, well, what, what can we do to help these folks? And it kind of blossomed over the last 28 years. Now, Cheryl had mentioned going throughout the state of California and um, talking to other people who would be serving these populations. Was that, let me just make sure I understand this correctly, was that for all of these types of programs or um, the residential programs, both the manuals that were written? That was for the residential program, so that was the pilot that we were part of back in 1980, 1981, um, and then extended over the years because it, 
pilots take a while to educate everybody as to how to deliver those services. So theoretically, there's this wonderful resource out there, these manuals, where if someone was listening from uh, Belgium, they could look at your manuals and get some really good ideas of how to um, effectively and, and compassionately serve this population. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, that's a fair statement. They wouldn't be the same manuals as existed back in the early 80s. All, all of our materials have, of course, evolved over time. But we have a lot of materials here. Sounds like a wonderful uh, program to try to replicate. Let's begin uh, start to start talking about life quality planning. How do you make sure that your clients, the affected individual that is, their wishes for what they'd like to do and how they'd like to live are respected? Well, that, you know, that is so much at the core of everything that we do here. And obviously, when it's possible, we involve the individual in terms of planning and decision-making. But where it becomes a real challenge is when, um, you know, the person really doesn't have a good way to talk to you about what kind of life they want or, or what makes them happy. And we've invested a, a lot of energy in, into looking at that. And, in fact, we did a three-year study that just just finished last year. Oh, Christy? Yeah. I, let's pick up with this when we come back okay. from break. On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Cheryl Kelmer and Dr. Christy Desania from Terry Training Education and Research Institute. And before the break, Christy, you were talking about life quality planning and how uh, you made sure that your clients' wishes were respected. And um, I think we have some audio difficulties, so could you please reiterate that for us? Yeah. Um, you know, life quality planning, as we've said before, kind of lies at the heart of everything. And the way that we make sure that people's wishes are respected, you know, obviously if they're able to tell us, that's the route that we take. But the bigger concern is for those children and adults who really don't have the communication skills to share with us what kind of uh, future they're looking for. So we instituted a, a study. Uh, I think it was, it was a three-year-long study that just ended in June, specifically to take a look at adult life for individuals with autism who um, have very, very significant um, you know, disabilities and are not able really to participate in any meaningful way in, in that, that whole planning process. So what we did was we talked with families and we talked with educators for those children. And what we found, we found many things as a result of the study, but, but one of the main things that we found had to do with parents and the fact that they were really unable to articulate the future that they wanted for their, their child. And in this case, all of the parents had children who were 16 to 22 years old. And that caused us quite a bit of concern. Now, parents would say, well, I want them to be happy, and, and you'd go, well, you know, what does that look like? What kind of life do they need to be leading in order to be happy? And they really couldn't, um, you know, bring all of that information together. So as a result of that study, we found that we really need to be sitting with families with a very, very structured uh, tool, a, a survey tool or, or assessment tool, and talking to them about the details of of the kind of life that their child needs to be involved in in order to have a quality life across the lifespan. So that that study was really what prompted life quality planning. And we, uh, within the next couple of weeks, are going to be launching uh, the ability for families to call in, participate by phone in uh, in developing a life quality plan for their their child or adult. Um, a couple of months after that, we're going to uh, launch online a caregiver training. So say, for example, uh, in your will, you've left responsibility for your child or adult to a, a friend or a relative. That relative can then access information that they might need uh, in order to guide, help guide that person's life. And then fi the final piece of it is in August, which uh, I think we're going to talk about a little more later. But the idea that all of us need help in raising our children and in supporting them once they're adults. And we have uh, come across the idea of developing a training program uh, for special needs life coaches, people who will actually one-on-one -on -one help families uh, activate these life quality plans that we're putting together. And tell us about, you started to touch upon uh, the caregiver training. Is that, uh, are there additional support services available to families and training uh, that's available to additional caregivers who help the family? Um, you mean right now at Terry? What you're developing? 
Right. Well, what we do right now in terms of families is really fairly individualized. So, for example, uh, that's one of the roles that I play at the agency. If a family's hit a rough spot, they'll come in and we'll sit down and get to the bottom of what the problems are, and we'll actually design an action plan to help move them through that rough, rough spot. And so it could be anything from uh, being unhappy with the classroom that their child is in to uh, being unhappy with, um, you know, a lack of friends or a lack of recreational opportunities for them. So it's really a, a pretty un, uh, individualized process that we go through. We also do standardized trainings throughout the year as well. For example, we have one on uh, behavioral supports that, that we offer to pretty much everyone, bus drivers, families, schools. So the, the training is both individualized and then to some degree we have standardized trainings for families. But the idea of this special needs um, life coach is a, a brand new idea for us. It's a whole new, uh, you know, a whole new career for people in the field, and a and a whole new source of support for families. Well, let's begin to talk about Terry's residential services. I know that this is an issue that is weighing so heavily upon so many families' hearts, and the biggest issue, I would imagine, might be safety. So, you know, all families want to know that their beloved child is going to be safe th throughout their entire life. So how does Terry ensure the safety of residential premises for those who live there? And please tell us also about the staffing. I know we've touched upon that, but the staffing particularly for the residences. Well, we have, we're just in the process of developing our 11th and 12th residences, and uh, it depends on the people living in the home what level of staffing they require. Our, but our most typical um, staffing ratio would include a minimum of at least two staff for every six individuals living in a home. But one of the homes we're developing now is for four people. That would still include typically two staff at least at any given time with the four people living in the home. So it's it's really about having well-trained staff who are committed and having a ratio that's rich enough that um, we feel that that provides for a secure environment. Security and safety are, are big priorities for us. If anything, we might be a little guilty of being overprotective, but we like to, we just feel it's critical and would rather always be safe. Absolutely. I think families risk. would really appreciate your being overprotective <laughs> on their loved one's behalf. What about the premises themselves? How do you um, ensure safety of the actual physical plant, so to speak? Oh, the physical plant? Well, we, I mean, we have over 350 staff here, which includes the maintenance staff. So, you know, we have departments devoted to making sure that premises are safe. When you look at priorities in life as far as life quality is concerned, you know, we feel like relationships are, the, you know, at number one and environment is another huge factor and we're committed to having lovely environments for our, the people we serve to live in and recreate and be educated in and for our staff to enjoy as well. So all of our homes are very nice. Well, the other thing that we do there, too, that Cheryl hasn't mentioned is, you know, we we get to know the folks that are living in our homes very well, and we actually structure the environment so with the knowledge of that individual so that, so that we're sure that that environment 
is safe. So, for example, we have a young man who who will bolt. Uh, he'll run very unexpectedly. We're we're never we're never sure when this is going to happen. There there doesn't seem to be any anything that really leads up to it. So the home that he moved into has extremely high shrubbery around it. It's not located near a major freeway or or a really busy road. So there's an example of how we kind of uh, made sure that the residents. Uh, the home itself met the needs of the individual living in it. Well, and I think something else that I've always uh, credited here at Terry is we've been so fortunate to have this huge team of people that have been together for 20-plus years. And so we have such a rich history of knowing our clientele because the, all of the directors have been together since the beginning. And when you know somebody for 28, 29 years you've served, they have this, you know, wide circle of friends and supporters that knows them and is all part of helping oversee quality, safety, all, all the things that are important in our clients' lives. You know, I think that Christy's point about being um, cognizant of and compassionate and concerned about runners is going to be something that means a lot to parents. So many um, children who have autism are runners, and Christy described it so well. You know, mm -hmm. There's nothing that seems to precipitate it. We don't know when it's going to happen, and we need to protect uh, the individuals uh, who do it. Well, you know, really, as we said before, it really does come back down to, to knowing that individual, and, and being able to do that involves a, a, a very strong partnership with their family, if their family's involved, which these days most uh, most are. Um, you know, and looking up, for example, we have some people who uh, could never make it with a roommate, so we make sure that they have their own room because they need that level of privacy. Other people uh, are fine with a roommate. In fact, they enjoy that. So, so the, the examples are, are somewhat endless in terms of how how the residence is sort of configured to really meet the needs of the people that are in it. Our, our newest home has a pool because they're all young men and they all like the water and they like to swim. It has fruit trees everywhere and, you know, a couple of them love to go out and pull tangerines off the tree and come in and, and peel them. And, you know, I don't know. The, the entire residence is really structured around the needs of the people who live in it. It's their home and it's their long-term home. Well, and the home Christie's referencing has a particularly rich staffing ratio, so they always have at least three staff working with them, and the, and the young man that she was referencing for a long, long time had one staff devoted to him for safety. So you, know, you have to do what you have to do when you recognize the need, whatever that is. If it means one-on-one -on -one staffing, then we, we dig in and go looking for resources so that we can fund that. And wow. Yeah, I, I, lo I love that that. Quote, you have to do what you have to do when you recognize the need. Simple, isn't it? It's really an individual basis, uh, and, uh, and you know, you, you have to, safety is the, the, first, the first thing that you do is make sure they're safe and you move on from there. We do the same thing with anyone that lives with us who's hospitalized. We are in the hospital 24 hours a day with them, and, again, it's whatever it takes. If it takes one of us or, you know, but we're there. We never leave them because we don't believe that anybody should be hospitalized without someone there um, who's able-bodied and healthy to help support them. I think the life, the lifespan residential angle, if I could just interject that for a second, I think it's really important and something that a lot of parents don't know. If, a, if their child, uh, say they're in their teens and they move into a residence and they live there for 25 years, if 
if their medical condition changes, if they have a stroke or they get ill or their mobility gets impacted. Um, oh, Christy, let's pick up with this when we okay. come back sure. from break. And thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Founder and CEO, and Dr. Christy Zazonia, Director of Education and Research of Terry Training Education and Research Institute. And just, ladies, the things you were saying before the break, they were so lovely that I thought the I for Institute should actually be individualized because you have such a beautiful individualized approach and philosophy. And, Christy, you were talking about uh, following up on Cheryl's comments about going with someone to the hospital when they're hospitalized, one of your residents. Well, yeah, the, the, actually the point that I was trying to make was for families because I think a lot of them don't know that if, um, if your child or young adult is placed in a, in a residence of some sort um, and say they're there even for 20 years, if their medical condition changes because uh, these facilities are often licensed, that could mean that they can no longer live in a home that they've been in for 20 or 25 years. And, it, and that's one of the reasons why Terry has looked up and developed a, you know, a range of residential options so that if folks have a stroke or they're now using a walker, they don't have to leave their friends and everyone who knows them behind. Uh, so, so I just kind of like to throw that out there because I think a lot of people don't necessarily think that far down the line, but it is important to make sure that the residential situation will accommodate folks no matter what happens. Well, that's really just beautiful. And where are the houses located to date? 
Our homes are located throughout um, San Diego County, mainly North County, um, La Costa, Oceanside, San Marcos, Fallbrook, Carlsbad, and Vista. And what has been the track record of interactions between residents in the surrounding neighborhood or neighborhoods and staff? It's been excellent throughout our history um, until our most recent home, our 11th, that we're just finished purchasing and we did receive some negative feedback from the community, which was shocking. <laughs> but up until this time, I should have added residents to that. You're, you're in the uh, individuals with challenges who are in these group homes and the staff, They've up until this time they've all been getting along just fine with neighbors and surrounding communities? We've had a really nice history of community, of positive community relations over the years. Um, in the very beginning, like 1982 when we um, opened a home in Carlsbad. Prior to our arrival, we heard a little bit of negativity, which was truly just based on lack of education. And once we moved in and had a chance to interface with the neighbors and such, it you know, also became a positive situation. So we right. believe we bring a lot to a neighborhood. Well, our homes a are... wonderful story just the other day that one of the people at, at one of our residences was telling us there's a woman that lives a couple of doors up and her son was just sent uh, to, our, to, to fight uh, overseas. And they decided that they would go up and be in charge of taking her trash cans out for her, uh, you know, every week and bringing them down to the curb and putting them back. And it was just something that the house themselves decided to do, but it's kind of a nice example of the way that these relationships sort of get started. Oh, wow. So, so this woman whose son needed to go overseas some of your residents in, in one of your group homes just decided to help her? Yeah, they did. Oh, they, did. They, um, they, they felt bad that he was gone um, and decided that they wanted to do something for her, and that's what they chose was taking out her, tr her trash cans. Um, and, and, you know, it, seems, it sounds like such a simple thing, but I really think that relationships start with simple things like that, and then they, they grow from there. Yeah, and you know what? It will make her maybe feel less lonesome, too, that her son is going to... Yeah. Now we heard they, she loves the visits, and he's comforted because he knows that she's getting those visits. So, oh, just oh, a great mutual. There's a wonderful relationship. Story. Yeah. I love those stories. And I, I need to emphasize to listeners that Cheryl, when you were saying that you know you, you haven't had a problem before um, until this this latest um, proposed group home, it's that it's not that it's a problem with the people um, being in there or the staff. It's that it's in advance. Yes, it's people, in advance. Yeah, it's it's people putting up some resistance in advance. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more. So I understand that Terry is currently being challenged by the, a neighborhood that doesn't want affected individuals living in a group home in their neighborhood and around their kids. I watched the um, the news. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of concerns are they raising? Well, let's let's be fair and, and recognize that it's just a segment of that neighborhood. It's certainly not everybody because we've gotten lots of very very positive responses and neighbors calling us, telling us how embarrassed they are to be part of a neighborhood that's objecting when they don't know what they're objecting to. So um, a lot of it is just lack of education, confusing our the clientele that we serve with sexual predators, with drug abusers, um, you know, Clearly, uh, lack of education. So we always do everything we can to get right out there and make sure that we're providing opportunities for education to everybody that's in need. 
Well, this situation, um, is this situation prevalent throughout the United States where people meet this kind of resistance? From the, the not in my neighborhood, I think it certainly is prevalent out there, uh, more, more prevalent than probably most of us recognize. We started looking in for other stories across the country wondering just how prevalent it was, and there's certainly plenty of stories across the, the country, even in this day and age. Well, let's. Um, let's take it for granted that there may be people in the same situation who are trying to help affected individuals by starting a group home, and they are meeting these same types of concerns. So can you tell us about what the concerns are uh, from various people in various neighborhoods and how it would be helpful to address those concerns? Uh, you, can, you can zero in on Terry's particular situation. Well, I, I think again, it's proactive education. We've, you know, given extended an open invitation to any neighbors who wish to come and tour, and some have availed themselves of that invitation. You know, come here and see to our company and see directly what we do. We offer them tours of our programs, our educational programs, our adult programs. We'll take them to a home, meeting families. So, you know, our families are wonderful about. Um, being right out there and wanting to share with others, so families of people that we serve. And so are some of our neighbors. Uh, when they, yes. they saw this on the news or read about it in the newspapers, some of our existing neighbors came forward and said, well, you know, we'll go talk to them about what great neighbors you are, which really makes, you know, makes us feel, feel great. How do you dispel their fears about having someone in their neighborhood who they're feeling unsettled about in particular? You know what? You can only go so far with education, and if someone still doesn't want to, whatever, believe what you're saying, you know, then it's really the matter of living there. I've, I've always said, you know, once we move into a neighborhood and they see that we take beautiful care of our home, that, you know, actually we bring less detractors to a neighborhood than many families that might have whatever, belligerent teenagers, <laughs> drunk driving, you know, parties, um, all the things that we can experience as neighbors out in our communities, and, you know, we're relatively quiet <laughs> compared to most families, and there's so much supervision and support and structure to what we do as far as, you know, facilities and operations and such that I, communities come to love us once they get a chance to know us. Sure. Very good. And, and along those lines of enriching the community, how does Terry foster vocational opportunities for the residents who live in the group homes and for others, other people as well? Well, the vocational opportunities are, are really varied here. And again, it goes back to life quality, what someone wants to do with their time, um, and, and what kind of a vocational situation suits them best. But we have, um, we've done quite a few micro enterprises for many of the folks, um, you know, that we're serving in our adult program. You should note that not everyone who lives in our residences goes to the adult program that we offer. Um, so we have many people from the community and some that live in our residences as well. We have some businesses that Terry started that for some of our folks uh, who need a very sheltered setting, they work in our, uh, we have a thrift store that we operate. We have a, a large property where we are uh, raising, that had big fires down here in San Diego a couple of years ago, and we're raising natural plants to reforest the areas that were burned. Wow. Um, we raise uh, different kinds of plants and vegetables and things and sell them at the farmer's market. Uh, and the micro-enterprises are, are, are quite varied just depending on the individual. Um, but if we could for just a second revisit the, 
um, you know, the situation that we're having with the, the neighbors in our new group home. Um, we sort of looked up at this and we said, it kind of slapped us in the face with really how much uh, misconception there is about people with autism and other developmental disabilities. This home in particular is for individuals with autism. And, and we decided to take that this, this as an opportunity to start a, a new initiative. And we are actually developing, the website should be up in, in the next week, um, an international association for life quality specifically for people with um, developmental disabilities. Uh, the website will be www.ialq.org. And we, we have several, we have a, a vision statement and, and mission involved with this uh, association. One is to be a central repository for research, for uh, other kinds of information that's very specific to quality of life across the lifespan. Um, but the second initiative, really was to address what, what we're going through right now with this neighborhood, and that is that there's a, an appalling uh, lack of information and misconception about folks with autism and developmental disabilities on the part of many people in the general community. So part of the, of the mission of this association will be to intentionally reach out and start a, an, an awareness and education campaign, um, kind of a no-fear type of... Uh, of spin on things that, that uh, differences are nothing to be afraid of. Uh, the association will also uh, hold a summit um, every year to, to kind of say what are the barriers to life quality for folks and what kind of action do we need to take. So, so it's kind of a, a, a big venture, but we think a very important one. So I wanted to be sure to sort of talk about that. I think we kind of took a negative situation and we're trying to create something very positive from it. Very good. And again, for our listeners, that address is www.ialq.org, uh, which I believe you said is International Association for Life Quality. Right, and that will be online and available. We're putting the finishing touches on it right now, I would say, within the next week. And they can get more information, obviously, there at the website. Okay, and Terry's website is www.ter.org. IINC.org, that's terryinc.org, and you can look there too to see all of the wonderful programs and supports that Terry has to offer. Um, so if someone is, um, well, I, I have a question I, I want to ask you before we get a break. The population of adults with autism is going to skyrocket soon, and meanwhile, the economy is horrendous. How do you see this impacting those whom you are currently serving and who you'd like to serve in the future? Well, there's there's no question that it's a serious financial challenge. And we already, um, in recent years, have families that are participating by making donations to help support the services for their kids, particularly when it involves, you know, high staffing ratios and such. Right. And we'll talk more about your programs when we come back from break. Thank you to our sponsor, Medica. We'll be right back. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Cheryl Kilmer and Dr. Christy Stonia from Terry Training Education and Research Institute. And again, the web addresses that we were sharing with you before we went to break are www.teriinc.org. That's terryinc.org. And also www.ialq.org. And Christy, um, before we went to, to break, um, we had been uh, talking about various things that um, Terry was doing to educate the public about how wonderful the residences are, and you had brought up the International Association for Life Quality. Let's talk about some of the other uh, programs that Terry offers. You have a fitness recreation and community center, a retirement program for special needs adults, transition support, therapeutic equestrian training and consultation to law enforcement and school districts, uh, early childhood education. It, it just goes on and on, and it's certainly throughout the lifespan. What would you like to touch on? Well, I, you know, I think that we said earlier, um, you know, our, our programs, the range of programs that we offer really really has grown because of, of a need that we saw in the community or a person we were serving, their needs changed, and now we had to come up with a, you know, with some sort of a program to support them. Uh, you know, so, so it goes back to that basic philosophy that we've had since 1980 when the show when started the agency, which is um, there, just, there just isn't a quality of life available for, for these folks, and we are determined that that's something we're going to offer. Uh, you know, of the list that, that you read, I, um, I'm responsible for the school programs. And those started because we got calls from the school district saying that they had students, all of them with autism, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know why particularly that population, but all the calls that we were getting 
were children with autism um, that they were unable to serve. And um, so that's how the school started was us one student at a time trying to, to, to help out districts and families. Um, you know, the retirement program is kind of close to my heart. Uh, I started the adult program in 1982 and, and ran it for about 25 years. And, and uh, you know, as, as we've aged and they've aged, we were all in our, our uh, mid to early 20s when we started uh, Terry, and now we're not, <laughs> and neither are the people that we're serving. And so uh, this idea of retirement, of, of not always having to work and, and have a business and uh, – you know, has also been kind of a fun challenge that we've embarked on, helping them move into retirement. So I'll, I'll cover a couple of those. Uh, Cheryl may have a couple that she'd like to, to discuss as well. Sure. Go ahead. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. the, the fitness, recreation, and community. Sure. Fitness. You know, fitness is one of those top three. Health is one of the top three priorities as far as quality of life is concerned here at Terry. So we, uh, we actually have... Uh, the big property Christy was referring to is actually 20 acres that we purchased several years ago to create a new um, university-like campus for our clientele. And while we've been in the process of raising the money and getting the permits to build that, um, we actually created one of the programs. We've been creating the programs we envisioned for that site at our current site um, so that our clientele would not have to wait to benefit from those. And one of those is a fitness and recreation center. So we have a 5,000-square-foot gym and a corporate fitness director who's available to both our clientele and our staff. And we just have a huge emphasis on fitness because we think it's so key and central to people's happiness and to the quality of their life. So all of our school students and our adults each day, that's part of their school or university-like curriculum. So they they come here for their fitness classes, everything from adapt adaptive um, dance classes for clients who are in wheelchairs to, you know, to basketball games to all sorts of contests and such. Um, clients that have walked, walk, walk, uh, the Walk America program that our corporate fitness director created, um, just a, a wider, it's a fully equipped gym. There's oh, classes into the night for, for staff after they're finished working. We have karate classes here, um, yoga classes. It's a pretty uh, full curriculum already. And when we move on to the new campus, we'll have a, about a 15,000-square-foot gym we'll, where we'll really be able to expand all of those offerings and, and anticipate that we'll also be doing things like holding our own Olympics here where people will come hopefully internationally over the years. Uh, we have a big aquatic center planned for that campus that has uh, a, an Olympic-sized pool on it. and just a You know, one of the things I'd like to add is uh, that we really haven't been able to touch on very much is this idea of um, our staff being as important as, as the folks that we serve. And, you know, access to a free personal fitness trainer or a free gym um, we, we've had corporate sponsored childcare. We don't have at the moment, but for many years to, uh, you know, help staff out with their children. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of a, of a, a many, a many way street, I guess, it, it, as we develop things for the people that we serve. They also have these um, side benefits for the staff. And, and I guess I just wanted to take a minute to also talk about the transition support. I mentioned earlier that we did this, that study that lasted about three years. And one of the things that we found um, is that 
this, this transitioning out of public school and into adult life is a very difficult and tricky situation. In fact, we had a teacher who'd been a transition specialist for 25 years, and when I said, well, what kind of adult life are you preparing your students for? He said, well, I'm not preparing them for adult life. I'm transitioning them out of public school. <laughs> and, and so we, you know, what's going on is people are developing transition plans uh, for their students and never having a discussion about what, what adult life should look like. So that, that brings us back to the importance of having a very detailed uh, life quality plan and families having access to support in order to do that. So I did want to talk about transition planning because we see that as a, a very challenging time in the lives of most of our families and, and most of the folks that we serve. Wow. Very wise words. And I, I wanted to get back to your talking about staff. You know, if you have um, happy staff, they are going to... Uh, be able to have more energy to be patient with the clients whom you serve. So, I mean, the life quality of most of the, most of the people that we serve have very, very significant disabilities, and we're not serving a lot of people who, who you know, who are more mildly affected by autism or, or other developmental disabilities, and and their quality of life is directly connected to the the kinds of people that they're surrounded by. Yep, and that's why staff. Um, Choosing staff, training staff, supporting staff, offering them options. We have a, an employee assistance fund that all of the administrators uh, donate to. And if somebody gets on a rough time, can't afford a plane ticket, uh, you know, home, um, we have money that we just grant them for those hard times that they go through. Uh, and it's a whole other radio show <laughs> uh, to talk about all of the services and supports that we give to staff. But it's a critical part of the of the quality. Um, of the ultimate quality of life and quality of services. Sure, and I'd like to let our listeners know that um, Terry is um, projected to start a radio program on Autism One Radio, which is www.autismone.org forward slash radio. And in addition to that, Cheryl Kilmer will be speaking at the Autism One 2009 Conference Residential Think Tank on Friday, May 22nd in Chicago. And that website is www.autismone.org. I think another important thing about having uh, a fit staff is that they can, if someone is a runner, if an individual is a runner, they are able to keep up with them. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes um, caring for individuals with autism can be, you know, rather uh, strenuous physically, and it's, it's, that's another great reason for uh, offering that fitness program to your staff members. It's really all-encompassing. Well, in fitness... You know, for for the individuals that we serve, the children as well as the adults, we we have seen that you know if you're kind of tired out, you don't have as much energy to have all of those those uh, behavior problems. So so fitness is a, a very effective way to help folks, uh, you know, behaviorally. Right, and that and the more energy one has, and uh, better their whole inner can be. And um, well, it just sounds like a really wonderful program. Um, place an emphasis upon attitude and compassion, and I want to thank you, Cheryl and Christy, for developing such an excellent program that offers individuals really a haven and happiness and their family's hope. Thank you. For thank you, us. Terry. Thank you. To our listeners, next week, my guest is Ken Cook, co-founder and president of the Environmental Working Group on the topic of keeping kids safe from chemicals. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
Whitaker would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.